In this B-side episode, we're talking about the birth of the Filipino nation with Dr. Paul A. Dumol, a playwright, historian, and educator best known for his play The Trial of Mang Serapio, considered by some as the first Filipino modernist play. Dr. Dumol tells Business World reporter Diego C. Robles that the Filipino nation is a relatively new concept that emerged in the beginning of the 20th century. They touch on the writing of national hero Jose Rizal, author Nick Joaquin, and historian Teodoro Agancillo, among others, to answer the questions, who was the Filipino then, who is the Filipino now, and where are we, the Filipinos of today, headed as a nation? Today we're going to talk about the concept of nationhood. And when I was still in the university, we used Benedict Anderson's definition of nation, and he defined it as an imagined community. Could you perhaps yes. explain uh, what Benedict Anderson meant by that? What he meant was that if you think of the nation as a community that includes everybody who lives in a specific territory, it's impossible for any one person to know all of those other persons or even uh, to have met them. So the only way that you can talk about nation, meaning a community of persons, is by imagining those persons who compose that community. And maybe we can add, even if the people who live in certain parts of the territory don't actually think of themselves as belonging to that nation, but you imagine them to think they are part of that nation. So, sir, it's what you mean to say. It's, it's more of a social construct. In the Philippines, if you go by the term Filipino, as you know, the term Filipino is uh, originally Spanish and it first appears in the 16th century. And when it appeared in the 16th century, it meant uh, someone who was born in the Philippine Islands, which basically meant the ethnic groups and what uh, were also called at the time Indios. It did not include the, the Spaniards. But then over time, you have Spaniards who are born in the Philippines, specifically in, in Manila, which was a Spanish community, and they were also called Filipinos. So originally, the term Filipino was not related to race. It referred to where you were born. Now, I think the change comes towards the end of the 19th century when you have anthropologists visiting the Philippine Islands, and specifically American anthropologists, like maybe the most famous one was Wooster, Dean uh, Wooster, who started using the term Filipino to refer only to natives and therefore not to Spaniards who were born in the Philippines, and sometimes not even to mestizos, mixtures of Spaniards and native blood or Chinese and natives. So that's when you start having an ethnically based understanding of the Filipino people. And I would say that that has survived. Not everybody accepts it, I think, but we're not very strict either. At least if you see, you know, how the Ilongos, for example, from Negros, they have no problem if this super Castilla looking person starts speaking to them in Ilongo. Well, for them, they're Ilongo. They're not Castilla. And I think something similar can be said. So, 
nagiging parang uh, language-based siya. By that law, would you consider someone like Lapu-Lapu as Filipino? Because, of course, if you would ask Lapu-Lapu, even he himself wouldn't know what a Filipino is to begin with, right? I don't think any of the native inhabitants of the Philippines understood what a Filipino was before the last quarter of the 19th century. Because people identified themselves with the towns or with the barangays in which they were Later on, as late as the 20th century, we would identify ourselves with the native language that we spoke. And so you have people who say that we don't have Filipinos because what we have are regions, that Filipino citizens are very regionalistic, so they're not real nationalists. That's why it's very strange to call Lapu-Lapu the first national hero or something like that. He wasn't fighting for the nation. There was no nation to talk of. What would you say was the catalyst that inspired the national feeling? Well, okay, I think we have to be very specific here because that nationalist feeling was true only of a very small group. So we take somebody like Rizal and the historian John Schumacher points out that Rizal starts talking about the Filipino, somebody who belongs to a nation, only towards the end of the 1880s. So there were really few people who had that understanding, who had that uh, imagined community in mind. When does this feeling spread? You know, my suspicion is that it spreads widely and fast with the public school system put up by the American. Because then the Americans would uh, refer to themselves as Americans and everybody else as Filipinos. Although they would refer to the Spaniards who were born in the Philippines as Spaniards. So I think this notion, in fact, might say it's the imagined community, that it really emerges only in the beginning of the 20th century. And I'm sure not very many people felt it. I recall in the early 2000s that Jesse Robredo approached me. I belonged at that time to a, an NGO that was working on civic education. And he wanted something to be done with the people of Naga who lived in the mountains. Because his point was that these people did not identify at all with the rest of the Nagüeños. I'm sure they thought of themselves as belonging to a barangay, but then as belonging to a, a city with many other fellow citizens. No, that is early 2000s. So this idea is relatively new and not everybody understands it. I think your earlier point, sir, was very interesting. You said it all started with the arrival of the Americans. But what I read from Nick Joaquin, and I think you would agree that his reading of history is very romanticized in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, what he said was the national feeling started in 1870 with the execution of the Gomburza because apparently that inspired the rest of the Ilustrados. So mm -hmm. what would you think of that assessment, sir? Okay, well, that view of Nick Joaquin and Aximulasha 1872, I think that's also the 
feeling of Teodoro Concilio, who did not think that Philippine history began before 1872. And I would actually tend to agree with him. And that was certainly the feeling of Rizal in a certain sense. Anong ibig kong sabihin? When you read the Noli, you remember that there's a dialogue in the middle of the lake between Elias and Crisosomo Ibarra. And Elias suddenly stands up in the banca that they're riding. And then he starts saying how Philippine history changed in 1872. And he says that it was like a lightning bolt that suddenly struck and there was new life. So yes, you're correct. I mean, Nekwokin is also correct that he's referring to the execution of fathers Burgos, Gomez, and Zamora. And I think what he meant by that is that the liberal Filipinos, above all, know that they had to band together because there was an enemy that was preventing them from progress. And that enemy was, in the beginning, identified with the friars. And much, much later, it also included the Spanish government. But as you may realize, when you have different people coming from different parts of the Philippines, but then they all feel they have the same enemy, nagkakaisa sila. So a good example of that is Lopez Jaina, who is from Iloilo. And the Tagalogs, like Rizal and Meache del Pilar, they considered him a kababayan. But uh, what I was uh, really saying is, I was quoting the si, ano, si Father Schumacher, and I think he was referring to the idea of an independent Philippines, a Philippines that would declare its independence from Spain. And the earliest that Rizal saw this was around 1887, so quite, quite late. But it builds up. Of course, you could also cite the very first essay which he wrote when he reached Spain. The title is El Amor Patria, and it was translated into Tagalog by Bonifacio, which is pag-ibig sa tinubuang bayan, right? So there, you can see that Bonifacio is already thinking in terms of an imagined community that includes everybody, even if he referred to, to them as Tagalog. Parang ayaw niya kasing gamitin yung mga salitang Kastila. Eh, pag ganun, wala namang salitang katutubo for Filipino. Uh, so, Tagalog na lang yung ginamit niya. And I think for obvious reasons, that was not a very popular decision. With the Capitenios, especially with Aguinaldo, they referred to themselves as Filipinos and Republica Filipina. So, that's when nationalists would apply that term to themselves. Yung original Katipuneros, hindi, sa simula. You were talking about how the first nationalists were very few, right? And kasi most of the population uh, were regionalists, am I correct? Well, in fact, regionalism is more a phenomenon of the 20th century because before that, Filipinos tended to think of themselves according to the towns that they came from. So, halimbawa, no, si Rizal, in his diary, he would refer to himself as Calambeño, not as uh, Tagalog. So, yung regionalism, yung ganyang pag-iisip, that's more 20th century. It's late, relatively late. And I think it was influenced by the National Assembly because the Americans put together an assembly with representatives from different regions. So, doon nagsimula yung nag-iisip yung mga tao, Ilocano ako, Pangasinense ako, Tarlaqueño, Tagalog, Ilongo. That's my guess. 
that mindset is still prevalent because yes. I read this because there's a very interesting idea I read uh, I forgot where I read it but it said that the first American for instance the first identified with their state so I'm from yeah. Washington I'm from Alabama yeah. but it, uh, things changed after the Civil War because by okay. then they started referring to themselves as American okay. is that a similar phenomenon? Yeah, I think parang ganun din ang nangyayari and don't forget the anecdote I gave you of, about Jesse Robredo that even in the early 2000s there were still people thinking of themselves not as Filipinos but as uh, members of a barangay and only as members of that barangay. Sir, I would like to go back what you mentioned an identity crisis of a nation. Am I, kasi I think it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because mm-hmm. nationhood is not really static. It's an ongoing process. Yes. So, yeah, it, would you say that it's a, an identity crisis in a nation is a double-edged sword? Well, how do we understand double-edged? That it can destroy and it can create. So, I think that if you start thinking of the Filipino in a way that excludes people, Now, if your concept of the Filipino is inclusive of everyone in the archipelago, sure, mabuti yun. But I think our problem is you understanding the duties and responsibilities that come with citizenship. Because otherwise, yung pagiging Pilipino, it's simply a label. Wala siyang substance. And in a sense, people are trying to discover that. Right now, I'd say, lumalabas na no? unti-unti that you have an oligarchy in the Philippines and then the rest of the people. Now, unfortunately, in our schools, when we teach people about the duties and responsibilities of citizenship, it doesn't appear paired with your social class or yung yaman mo. Because I would say the people who belong to the AB class and maybe part of the C, they've got responsibilities to the rest of the CDE, which are peculiar to them. The people who think of themselves as belonging to a nation tend to come from the upper classes. Those coming from the lower classes, they do not have that strong a tendency. Parang ang, nag-iisip pa rin sila in terms of leaders who will give them orders or whom they will follow. So that's my feeling, no? yung identity crisis. Because ano bang ibig sabihin ang pagiging Pilipino? I think it means at the very least love for everybody else. And that is something doubtful. Now, I'm not saying that only the rich are wicked. That's not true. Uh, a lot of people or CDE also don't know exactly what it means. So, unti-unti, we're trying to guess, educate people about what citizenship means. Earlier, I mentioned Nick Joaquin, and one of the major ideas I, I got from reading his work was the idea that the Filipino nation's history is an ongoing struggle between integration, integrating into a nation, versus disintegration or reverting back into pueblos, into barangays. So, basically, disintegration versus integration. How would you assess that? I agree with that we are what is now called a post-colonial society. Meaning to say, originally, the Philippines was a colony that was composed of different groups who were, for centuries, just foreigners to one another. They did not form one group. 
when the Spaniards came, we were all independent barangays. They were not even towns. So you do have that tension between integration and disintegration. And if I may contribute to the conversation, I'd say the biggest tension is between the family and the nation. Many times when we complain about people who are corrupt and they're not only the people in government, we if we scratch the surface a little bit, we see that Their motivation is frequently their family. They're thinking of their family. But we may complain, can't you also think of the nation? And there's so many anecdotes about that tension. For example, I was picked up by a friend in Cebu, in the airport, and we were stuck in traffic. Just because there were jeeps ahead of us who were nagbababa sila ng pasahero. And then we started talking each other, no? And said, alam mo kung nasa Manila yan, tapos may police na pupunta dun sa jeep, sabihin niya, isensya. And then the jeepney driver will say, Sir, nagkahanap buhay lang. Now, pag sinabi mong hanap buhay, you're trying to look for income for your family, right? And that's good. But you are not thinking of the families of everybody else in the vehicles behind you because of the traffic mess that you are creating. So there you have a tension between exclusively family-minded people and give them the benefit of the doubt, nationalists. Right? So that, that's my contribution. Ang laki ng ano, yung tension. We, it's very hard for us to transcend the universe of the family. I'm not saying that we should abandon our families or that we should be indifferent to them. But what I'm saying is that we should not be exclusively focused on our own families and consider that we belong to a society, isang lipunan. And so we should think not only of ourselves, but also about everybody else. Rizal was talking about the social cancer. Corruption is not just constrained in government. It's consuming the whole of society. It seems like everyone is contributing to that social cancer. On the other hand, you have Mabin was saying uh, the 1896 revolution failed because similar to what you have said, the focus wasn't on the nation. It was yeah. more on personal survival, familial survival. Yes, but... I think, don't be too harsh on us. <laughs> the point nga is that we started of thinking that we were a nation only in the 20th century in significant numbers. I mean, I always tell people when Bonifacio and the Katipunan rose in revolt in 1896, they were composed of Tagalogs and Pampangos. And that first phase of the revolution went on from August 1896 up to December 1897. You know, that's more than a year. It's around a year and a half. And my question is, nasaan ang mga Ilocano? Nasaan ang mga Bicolano? Nasaan ang mga Ilonggo? Nasaan ang mga Cebuano? I mean, they had a year and a half have to put their act together and rise in revolt you know, against the Spaniards. And they did not. And so the next question is, was it because there were Spanish militia going around the country threatening people with death? And that's not true. No? So my, my next question has always been, well, why do we call it Philippine Revolution? Exactly, sir. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I can reply. So it's not Philippine Revolution, but it's the birth of the nation. It's still a seed. No? So sa umpisa, konti pa lamang, pero lalaki ng lalaki yan. Uh, is there a moment in our history in which I think the idea of nationhood became really strong? 
uh, I would say it's the constitutional convention for the 1935 constitution because that 1935 constitution was put together by Filipinos who were representing all the major ethnic groups throughout the, the archipelago. At pumirma sila, including the Muslims and I think the Cordillera people. So that's a very clear document, you know, that there are representatives from all over and we're thinking of ourselves as a single society, as a commonwealth. Uh, to me, that's properly the birth of the nation, not June 12th. I, I find your take very interesting because some historians would push the date even back. Some would say the first, the birth of the nation began with the Malolos constitution and it was because ang signees of the Malolos constitution, the ethnic groups yung kinonsider nila eh, but socio-economics. So they said uh, the landowners, the ilustrados, and even the lowly, the members of the Katipunan were signatories. Although I, I would acknowledge na perhaps the 1935 constitution has more weight since it also contains, as you said, the Muslims. And... Yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying though is not based on the criteria followed by Aguinaldo to appoint people to the Malolos Congress. What Aguinaldo wanted was representatives from the different parts of the Philippines, Visayas, Mindanao, Luzon. Remember that he already had that flag no, with the three stars. And the Malolos uh, Congress came in September 1898. So Aguinaldo found it very difficult to get in touch with people in the Visayas and Mindanao. So there were a lot of Tagalogs who were appointed as representatives of those provinces. So from a representational point of view, not that of social class, di mo masasabi na may representante ang sangkapuluan. You cannot say that. And then also remember that by 1898, well, even from the start, this is the Jonathan and Fast with the Katipunan. They've shown that the, the Katipunan was mainly lower middle class. Hindi siya DE. And I would say by 1898 when you had somebody like Antonio Luna joining it, eh, so naman si Antonio Luna eh. It doesn't mean to say na kung Katipunero ka, mahirap ka. I, I doubt it eh. Because you had to had have a an education to be in that congress. And remember, the photographs of the people in that congress, they were in tails. No, hindi sila nakabarong. They were in suits and they had top hats. So it was not representative of the Philippines geographically. And I really don't know if the poor could say that they had representatives there. That's why I would disqualify it, Malolos Congress. And they knew. No, silang sumulat ng pinirma nila. So they knew what they were signing to. Okay, sir. So I, uh, I'm sure you've been observant of the recent and uh, candidate Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos's rhetoric during the campaign. How is it parallel with the integration narrative? The only thing I would say is that unity or integration does not mean to say that you don't love your region or that you don't love your city or your barangay. Precisely that word integration means that you love all of these social groups and you don't act for the benefit of one social group sacrificing others. Yun ang ibig sabihin ng integration. Ako, I'm basically for federalism. And I guess I'm 
for it as uh, somebody who's in history. Because really, if you go from region to region in the Philippines, magkakaiba yung mga personalidad ng mga tao. Talagang magkakaiba, and even culturally. Sure, there is something shared, no? But, you know, if you live in a particular region, then you realize just how different it is from your own. But in the Philippines of the future, we should be preserving all of these different histories and cultures from different parts of the Philippines and at the same time thinking and feeling like Filipinos meaning to say people who belong to one single society are you optimistic about where our Filipino nationhood is headed absolutely even just from the point of view of material progress and daming mahihirap na pamilya na nakaangat na and i think that number will increase and then at the same time in the last elections you had people and mukhang iba na yung kanilang pag-iisip so uh, kahit papano you know little by little parang may mga pagbabago tayong nakita I want to read something. 2011, I attended a congress for artists and culture workers and cultural intellectuals that was sponsored by Frankie Sionil Jose. And it was on Filipino nationhood. And then at the end, he asked Colonel Joe Almonte to summarize the proceedings. And I was really struck by what Almonte said. You know? And So I'm reading from the proceedings which were gathered into a book and published by Solidaridad Publishing. Uh, so these are the words of Colonel Almonte. One of the few points I have gathered since this morning is that we have a state, but we do not have a nation. And the sense I get is we don't have a nation because we don't even know who we are. And if we don't know who we are, we will not know what we want to be. And if we do not know what we want to be, we can never reach any point because we can't reach a point whose location we do not know. Then he ends by saying, so that is how serious the challenge is for us to really build together a national community, a nation. All right. <laughs> it's not very optimistic, but I would say it's very challenging. Nobody can deny that. And really the situation of Rizal was even worse. So kung kaya niya and kaya nung small group of propagandistas to do what they did, kaya rin natin ito. There you go. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Dr. Paul A. Dumol, a playwright, historian, and educator, speaking with Business World reporter Diego C. Robles about the birth of the Filipino nation and how the concept of nation stands in relation to the concept of family. According to Dr. Dumol, the problem lies in our understanding of the duties and responsibilities that come with citizenship and how that ties into socioeconomic status. True unity, true integration, he added, takes into account all social groups, whether national, regional, or familial, and loving each one without neglecting another. This episode was recorded remotely in August 2022. It was produced by Joseph Emmanuel L. Garcia, Earl R. Lagundino, and me, Sam L. Marcelo. Thanks for listening.